The following is audio from The Refuge Church. Every sermon is an invitation to understand, obey, and enjoy God. More information about The Refuge Church is available at therefugechurch.us. Good morning. Um, wow, it... Um, it's a little emotional for me to be here this morning, so for, forgive me if I um, uh, struggle a little bit. Uh, Cindy and I were talking this morning that it's probably been a year since, or so since I've been to church, um, let alone preach. So um, it's been quite a journey, and I. Um, want to thank you all for uh, praying for me uh, through this cancer journey. It's a miracle that I'm here this morning and um, just very thankful to the Lord that I'm, that I'm here and able to fill in for Daniel this morning as he and Hannah and uh, Elliot are on vacation and uh, so I'm thankful for the opportunity to preach. Um, let's pray. Father, you are good. And your love is everlasting. Thank you for your incredible love and goodness. Thank you for the chance to look into your word again this morning together. And I pray that your spirit would speak through me as I believe he's spoken to me. Uh, the words that you want us to hear this morning from your word uh, would just come out really clear. Thank you again for this time and give it to you in Jesus' name. Amen. So we're continuing this morning the series Happy Thoughts and I'm going to read the summary that is being read every Sunday and then we'll dive into our phrase this morning, happy thoughts. We believe that the pursuit of joy does not lead us away from the places of pain. The pursuit of joy leads us along the way Jesus walked. To avoid the pain is to miss the way altogether. The way goes through the cross, but the cross is not the destination. In this sermon series, we invite you to rest your thoughts on and in Christ, who shows us the path beyond the cross that continues to eternal joy. We invite you to rest your mind in this happy thought. Whatever is right, think about such things. 
That's what we're looking at this morning. Whatever is right, think about such things. Well, I like to be right. Um, in fact, most of the time I think I am right. Would you say that's wrong, that I'm right? <laughs> um, is it wrong that I think I'm always right? <laughs> Cindy says yes. <laughs> well, at least most of the time. Um, how about you? I, I think you're not much different. <laughs> um, so what is right? Um, how do we know? Is right for you right for me? Um, are we talking right versus wrong? Are we talking right versus left? Uh, would far right be more right? Um, we like to be right. I, I don't like to be told that I'm wrong. <laughs> um, so whatever is right, think about such things. It sounds like a recipe for conflict. <laughs> Um, and that's not right. <laughs> so how do we know, unless you're, if you're not totally confused by now, <laughs> um, so how do we know what is right to be thinking about? To be honest, these were all the questions that started going through my mind as I looked at this phrase, whatever is right, think about such things. Um, uh, these and many more questions just were going through my mind. What is right and what does it mean? Whatever is right, think about such things. So in thinking about that, I'd like us to, to read kind of the, the phrase within the context in Philippians 4, 4 through 9, just to get us going again this morning. So if you want to follow along, Philippians 4.4, 4. rejoice in the Lord always. I will say it again, rejoice. Let your gentleness be evident to all. The Lord is near. Do not be anxious about anything, but in every situation by prayer and petition with thanksgiving, present your request to God. And the peace of God, which transcends all understanding, will guard your hearts and your minds in Christ Jesus. Finally, brothers and sisters, whatever is true, whatever is noble, whatever is right, whatever is pure, whatever is lovely, whatever is admirable, if anything is excellent or praiseworthy, think about such things. Whatever you have learned or received, or heard from me, or seen in me, put it into practice, and the God of peace will be with you. It seemed to me as I was contemplating this phrase that it seemed like a very subjective command. Um, until I looked at the Greek word, that in Philippians 4.8 is translated whatever is right. And it changed everything. It became crystal clear what Paul meant when he says, whatever is right, think about such things. 
And it ends up to be not a matter of right versus wrong at all. Um, so you're ready for a little Greek lesson this morning? The word is actually part of a family of words that is very familiar to us. Uh, when you hear the translation, that is commonly how this word is translated. And the word is righteous. The word, the Greek word is dikaios, which means nothing to you, I'm sure. It's the adjective form of the noun dikaiosune, which means righteousness. And the verb is to make righteous or to justify. So it's the word righteousness or justification or righteous or just, which are very common words. And it transforms, I believe, this command that Paul gives us, whatever is right, think about such things, meaning whatever is righteous, whatever has to do with righteousness, think about such things. Isn't that, isn't that great? It, it transformed for me the meaning of this command. So what does it mean? Think about things that are righteous. How do we do that? How do we think about what has to do with righteousness? And so that's our task this morning. And to me, it's a beautiful, um, it's a beautiful task. And, and we're going to start by looking at Matthew chapter three, uh, Matthew chapter five, which is the Beatitudes, which gives us a, a simple progression that leads us, I believe, to understand what it means to think about what is righteous. Um, so Matthew 5, 3, if you want to turn there, we're going to read just Matthew 5, 3 to 6. So Matthew 5, 3. It starts out by saying, Blessed or happy are the poor in spirit, for theirs is the kingdom of heaven. Blessed are those who recognize their spiritual poverty, their spiritual neediness, their, spirit, their sin. Blessed, happy are those who recognize their spiritual neediness. That's the starting point. And then verse 4. Blessed or happy are those who mourn, for they will be comforted. Not only blessed are those who recognize their spiritual neediness, but who grieve over then their spiritual condition. They mourn over their spiritual condition. It's like the publican or the in, in the temple who said, God, be merciful to me, a sinner. So blessed are those who recognize their spiritual neediness and grieve over it. And then verse 5, who are meek or humble, it says they will inherit the earth. Who know then that as they realize their spiritual neediness and they grieve over it, that they can't do anything about it. There's nothing that they can do. There's nothing they can say. There's nothing that they can do to mend their spiritual brokenness themselves. Which leads to the culmination in verse 6, which is beautiful. It says, Blessed then are those who hunger and thirst for righteousness, for they are the ones who will be filled or satisfied. 
who realizing their spiritual neediness, their brokenness, grieving about it, and realizing that they can't do anything about it, their sin, that they hunger and thirst after Jesus, who alone can do something about their spiritual brokenness, their neediness, their sinfulness. He is the only one who can satisfy. So that's the heart, what we're going to look at as we move into this, in, in wrestling with this, this phrase, think about what is right. So our big question this morning is, why is it important to think about what is righteous? Why is it important to think about what is righteous? And, and the big idea, I believe, is that righteous thinking is important because righteous thinking is Christ-exalting thinking. And, and it's life-changing thinking. How so? So we're going to look at three, three reasons what righteous thinking is and why it's so important for us to think about what is righteous. The first is righteous thinking is honest thinking. Righteous thinking is honest thinking. It's thinking that recognizes my unrighteousness. That's, remember, that's how Matthew 5, 3, and 4, the Beatitudes start. Blessed are the poor in spirit, those who recognize their spiritual neediness, their unrighteousness, and grieve over it. Romans 3.10 says, there is no one who is righteous, not even one. That's a pretty strong phrase, isn't it? That's God's estimation looking out over humanity. There is no one, there is none righteous. So for me to say, I'm right, God says there is no one in and of themselves who is righteous. Um, this was not the first half of my life. Um, for the first half of my life, um, I was a good Pharisee, uh, if you can be a good Pharisee. Um, you don't want to be a good Pharisee, but I was. Um, I was someone who considered myself righteous, and we'd call it self-righteous, as I arrogantly looked down on others from my self-righteous perch. Um, my upbringing, being a, a preacher's kid, um, I kind of had this attitude looking at others that I was better than everybody else. I was a step ahead of everyone. I was superior. And, and I had this arrogant, self-righteous attitude. Um, it's interesting. Jesus said that he did not come for the righteous, meaning those who considered themselves righteous, the self-righteous. Speaking to people like me, uh, Pharisees, Jesus did not come for the righteous, but sinners. Because the starting point to righteous thinking is recognizing that we aren't righteous. Let me repeat that. The starting point to righteous thinking is recognizing that we aren't righteous. So a question I'd like us to ask ourselves as we think about that righteous thinking is honest thinking. It's honestly 
thinking about ourselves is what do I think about myself? What do, what do you think about yourself? Um, how do you think, how do we think about ourselves? That we're pretty big stuff, pretty good, got it together, superior to other people, a little better than other people. What do we think about ourselves? This does not mean, and I just want to make this little note, this does not mean that we're to have bad thoughts about ourselves, um, which I can tend to also, but we're to have honest thoughts about ourselves. And what is the difference? I think bad thoughts, and I'd call them unrighteous thoughts, lead to despair, where honest thoughts lead to dependence upon Christ. Bad thoughts lead to condemnation. Any of us familiar with that? <laughs> Romans 8 1 says, There's therefore now no condemnation to those who are in Christ Jesus. So bad thoughts lead to condemnation, but honest, righteous thoughts lead to Christ. Um, honest thinking. The second thing we see as we go through the, the Beatitudes is righteous thinking is not just honest thinking. It's not just recognizing my unrighteousness, but it's humble thinking. Humble thinking. It's recognizing or realizing that I can't do anything about my unrighteousness by my own effort. Um, Matthew 5, 5, blessed are the meek or the humble. Um, humble thinking, I think literally means thinking that is emptied of any notion that I can do anything to be righteous in and of myself or to be right with God. Philippians 3, just the chapter before our passage in Philippians 4, in Philippians 3, Paul um, shares kind of a little bit of autobiographical. And let, let me read, um, if I can here, uh, kind of his autobiographical testimony. Notice he says, it's a little dark here, so I'm going to try, and the print is small, and, and I'm my laser surgery, eye surgery seems to be diminishing here. Um, it says... Paul says, if someone else thinks they have reason to put confidence in the flesh, I have more. Circumcised on the eighth day of the people of Israel, of the tribe of Benjamin, a Hebrew of Hebrews, in regards to the law of Pharisee, as for zeal persecuting the church, as for righteousness based on the law, faultless. Faultless. That's Paul's. He says, I, from a human standpoint, I got it together. But then he can, continues by saying, but, in verse 7, Philippians 3, but whatever things were gain to me, I now consider loss for the sake of Christ. What is more, I consider everything a loss. You get the repetition of that word? I consider everything a loss because of the surpassing worth of knowing Christ Jesus my Lord, for whose sake I have lost 
all things, I consider them garbage. <laughs> um, humble thinking. It's as the old hymn um, declares, um, nothing in my hands I bring. There's nothing, um, um, nothing that we can bring that in and of ourselves makes us righteous or acceptable to God. Andrew Murray uh, has written just a bunch of just wonderful devotional books that I'd encourage you to read. One of them is called Humility. It's just a really a small little booklet. And in it, he describes humility as being emptied of ourselves that we might be filled with Christ. That's what humility simply is. Um, I think a lot of times the idea we get from humility can almost be where we're full of ourselves. <laughs> uh, we think that it's, you know, like, oh, poor me or self-pity. That's not humility. That's we're, we're full of ourselves when we're full of self-pity or uh, poor me. Humility, genuine humility is when we come to the realization that we are needy people. And we're emptied of ourselves, realizing that we can't do anything about our own neediness, our spiritual neediness. Question. What are, what are you full of? What am I full of? What are we full of? Uh, are we full of ourselves? Are we full of Jesus? Are we full of anger, full of lust, full of pride? Um... As long as I am full of myself, I cannot experience Christ's fullness in me. You get that? As long as we are full of ourselves, we cannot experience Christ's fullness in us. Self-righteous thinking that I need to be right is thinking full of myself and it's not righteous thinking. As the hymn continues, nothing in my hands I bring, simply to the cross I cling. Righteous thinking is, by the grace of God, I am what I am. By the grace of God, I am what I am. Which leads to the third thing that I think righteous thinking is. It's not just honest thinking that um, I'm unrighteous recognizing my spiritual neediness. It's not just humble thinking, realizing that I can't do anything about it, but it's hungry thinking. That's how I, I love Matthew 5, 6, where it says, blessed are those who hunger and thirst for righteousness, for they will be satisfied. Hungry thinking. It's recognizing that in Christ alone is my righteousness. In Christ alone am I righteous. In Christ alone am I right. Um, to read Philippians 3, 7 to 9, just a little bit farther. Let me read it again. It says, Paul says, Whatever things were gained to me, I now consider loss for the sake of Christ. I mean, brothers and sisters, whatever, whatever you're holding on as gain that makes you right, that makes you superior, that makes you something, Paul says, 
it's got to be loss. You've got to consider it loss for the sake of Christ. What is more, I consider everything a loss because of the surpassing worth of knowing Christ Jesus my Lord. For whose sake I have lost all things, I consider them garbage. Everything has to be considered garbage that we're holding on to. That I may gain Christ, Paul says, and be found in him, not having a righteousness of my own that comes from the law, but that which is through faith in Christ, the righteousness that comes from God on the basis of faith. Not on the basis of what I can do to achieve righteousness, to be right, but what comes through dependence upon Christ, knowing that in him and in him alone is my righteousness. So Matthew 5, 6, blessed are those who hunger and thirst for righteousness for Jesus who alone can make us righteous. Which leads us to one of my favorite verses ever. If you've heard me preach in the past, 2 Corinthians five twenty one. And if you haven't memorized it yet, I'm sure God will forgive you for that. I don't know. You'll have to bring that up with him. I'd encourage you to memorize this verse. Um, it's incredible. Where it says, God the Father made him Jesus, who had no sin, to be sin for us. Isn't that an incredible phrase? God the Father made Jesus the Son, who had no sin to be sin for us so that in him, in Jesus, we might become the righteousness of God. That's it. That's it. That in Jesus, we might become the righteousness of God. What an incredible transaction this describes that happened on the cross. As Jesus hung on the cross for us, as he said, I'm thirsty as the river of life the overflowing river of life became thirsty for us as he hung there bearing our sin. As it says here, he who had no sin to be sin for us so that in him as he hung there bearing our sin and then would say, it is finished. <laughs> and, and the word literally meaning Paid in full. And then he died. So that we might become righteous. As he hung there bearing our sin. And paid for our sins in full. So that in him. We might become the righteousness of God. Isn't that incredible? Nothing in my hands. I bring. Simply to the cross. I cling. So righteous thinking is hungry thinking it's it's being people that are hungry for Jesus knowing that in him alone can we be righteous can we be right question how hungry are we for Jesus how hungry are you for Jesus or, or, or are we so full of ourselves and our own achievements, our own titles, our own incomes, our own whatever, the things that we hold on to that make us feel something or like someone's. 
Paul says we've got to let go of them. Consider all those things garbage. And that's righteous thinking, coming to the point to where we would recognize that in Christ alone is our righteousness. And so we're so eager to be to to, to think real about ourselves, honest about ourselves, that that we're just we're unrighteous people. And there's nothing we can do about it. Humble thinking and then hungry thinking people that that desperately need Jesus. We know we need Jesus today and, and tomorrow. Uh, how hungry are we to know Jesus for Jesus? So just to conclude, what difference does righteous thinking make? What difference does it matter that whatever is righteous to think about such things. Three things I'd like like to leave us with. The first is, is, I think the first difference is that it will help us not to think more highly of ourselves than we ought to think. It'll help us to think not more highly of ourselves than we ought to think. Uh, we won't be people who think that we're something more than other people, looking down on other people, judging other people, condemning other people, which um, I'm sorry to say I spent so much of my life doing, feeling I was superior in this self-righteousness till I came to the point where I recognized, and this is the second difference I think that righteous thinking makes is remembering or recognizing that it's by the grace of God that I am what I am. And until I came to that point, I was just this self-righteous person looking down, feeling superior, until I realized that it's just by God's grace that I am what I am. That apart from God's grace, I have no hope. I have no standing with God. I'm just this spiritually needy person. It didn't matter that I was a preacher's kid. It didn't matter that I'd memorized books of the Bible. It didn't matter. Nothing mattered. Just like Paul said, it's all loss. It's all garbage compared to the realization that my righteousness is simply my dependence upon Jesus and the righteousness that he provided me on the cross. So the difference it makes is I, I won't, It'll keep us from thinking more highly of ourselves than we ought to think. We'll think rightly, honestly. It'll help us remember that it's by the grace of God that we are what we are. And then third, our thinking will be rooted in our identity in Christ. Who we are in Christ. And not our income, our position, our title, our talent, our looks. Uh, that's all garbage. Our thinking will be rooted in who we are in Christ. And we'll be people who are enamored with, consumed with, hungry for Jesus and to know him better and better every day. There's another hymn that I think captures it well that I'd like to end with. And these are the words of the hymn is Solid Rock. My hope is built on nothing less than Jesus' blood and righteousness. I dare not trust the sweetest frame, but wholly lean on Jesus' name. On Christ the solid rock I stand, all other ground is sinking sand. All other ground 
is sinking sand. Amen? Amen. Let's pray. Father, thank you so much for Jesus. Uh, your sinless son who had no sin, who knew no sin, and yet for our sake, for sinners' sake, us who had no hope because of our sin of being right with you, of being righteous, of spending eternity with you. God, thank you for your grace and Jesus for going to the cross for us, becoming thirsty for us, bearing our sin to where you could say, paid in full. And that because of your blood and righteousness in you, Jesus, we can be righteous. Father, help us to be people who think about what is righteous. In Jesus' name, amen. Well, now that that cup's gone, I'm not exactly sure what the camera's going to be focusing on. And I uh, very much apologize for my poor camera work today. A Refuge Church, we are so glad to be in relationship with you, to be serving you. And uh, we invite you to join us in incarnating King Jesus in city life, speaking its languages, singing its rhythms, sharing its spaces, freeing the oppressed, fighting injustice, finding people of peace, inviting the city into the kingdom of God.